God, I just thank you for every woman in this room. I thank you for your word that works in every one of our lives. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that every person here that you plucked out of time, place them right here in this moment to be in your presence, in this room, next to the ladies next to them. God, I thank you for such a time as this. Lord, I thank you that we aren't just here by chance. That as long as we have a, purpose, a, a pulse in our body, God, you have a plan for us. I thank you for plans and purposes, Lord. I thank you speak a truth to the, every woman in this room, God, this morning. I thank you that we come in here and we don't leave until we have every single thing that you have for us, Lord. I thank you that your word is working. I thank you that the very DNA of God is on the inside of us this morning, God. I thank you that you're speaking to us. I thank you that just simply like your word says, because we love you just simply because we love you, that you will rescue us. You will take care of us. You will impart to us. Lord, I thank you that we have everything that we need for this life and godliness. In Jesus' holy, holy name. Amen. All right, ladies, I'm so thankful to be here. I'm going to share just right off the top. One of the things that people learn about me super quick is I'm pretty vulnerable and pretty transparent. I hope that's going to be okay with you. I think that comes from, I am a licensed therapist by trade. I practiced in the state of Texas for over 20 years before I started moving into some speaking and things like that. God placed that on my heart when I was 14 years old that I wanted to be a person who helped other people. Um, people who help other people are typically people who've had a lot of pain in their life and realize I want to help someone else through what I've experienced. So um, what I'm going to do is just start off. I've just put out a book. It's called 31 Days to Brave. I never intended to write this book. I'd already written two chapters of a book that I felt like I was supposed to write. And um, God woke me up in the middle of the night and said, put that down. You're not writing that. And he gave me the title. I want you to write a book called 31 Days to Brave. And I thought, Lord, 31 Days to Brave. And he said, I want you to share your journey and your story. And I want you to share exactly what I told you to do that helped you move from the place where you were to the place where I put you. Um, and so that's exactly what I did. It's actually, um, I call it kind of my gratitude journal to God. Um, it's 31 days to brave, letting go of fear and trauma, one step at a time. And really as a therapist, one of the things that we learn as a therapist is when we're working with people and talking to them about their pain or trauma, and every single one of us has experienced trauma of some kind. There's In the therapist world, we call it little t trauma and big t trauma. Little t trauma could be simply as a puppy dying when you were a kid. Big T trauma can be, um, you know, abuse, uh, divorce, things like that. Um, could be a cancer diagnosis. And um, so when I started going through some traumas, and I've had both, little T and big T trauma in my life, I have um, suffered the pain and shame of a divorce, a financial bankruptcy. I've had a tough diagnosis before. I have had a daughter on uh, addicted to drugs. Um, and so there's been lots of big T trauma in my life. What I can tell you is God never leaves us in the places, right? And he never takes a story and doesn't make it into something that's going to give him glory. If we allow him to use us, I'm going to share just straight out of my book. I kind of was thinking about where I wanted to start with you guys this morning. And um, sometimes God tells me certain things to speak on. And then sometimes I'm just listening to him. And then sure enough, many, many times, he will completely change it the morning of. 
And um, so I'm going to talk to you guys today a little bit about fear and anxiety. And um, because right now, you know, it's been a tough couple of years. And I, I think it's interesting how much God talks about fear and anxiety in the Bible. And we are seeing it run rampant. And, and there's so much happening. And there's so many things that we need to do to move the kingdom forward. But fear grips us, no matter what it is. Um, and so, thank you so much. Uh, I'm just going to kick straight off. I'm going to read straight out of my book, if that's okay with you. The reason why I'm cho choosing to do this is, um, you know what, there's nothing special about me. Um, besides, I'm a child of the Most High God. That's really my biggest and greatest piece of gratitude because without that there is no way I would be here standing and so I'm going to just vulnerably share one little piece of my book because it'll give you a little glimpse into my life and it will also share with you all it takes to move the needle just a little bit it doesn't take much you know sometimes we think oh it's education or oh we've got a lot of things we need to do or we have all these stories we're telling ourselves so I'm going to share with you today how to step out of fear or anxiety or anything that's holding you back Every single woman in this room, the one thing when I talk more and more and more, I realize when I ask women is, right now more than ever before, there's a lot of us who have a dream inside of our heart, something we're thinking about doing. Maybe there's something that God's called us to do. Maybe it's a ministry to start. Maybe it's to help someone. Maybe whatever it is, a new job, a new business. Maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you just want to write poetry or a poem. Maybe you want to sing before church. Maybe there's something that you want to start. And the enemy continues to come in and come in and come in and say, you can't do that. You're too old. You're not educated enough. You don't have enough. Um, and I want to share with you today exactly how to go from where you are right now today to where you want to be, no matter what the situation is in your life. And I'm going to give you some specific steps. You know, I always thought it was interesting. Though, I remember hearing the scripture growing up that to take captive your thought and align it right to the word of God. Um, that scripture, but how do you really take a thought captive? And I remember growing up thinking, how do you really do that? I mean, like, can, does someone teach me practically how to do that? So I'm going to share with you exactly how to do some of those things today so that you can completely shift your circumstance in a moment, no matter where you are. Um, and so much right now, we need to be able to quickly and swiftly apply the word of God and change our circumstances. And so um, I, this particular chapter is called Blue Sticky Note, and I'm sharing this with you because of what I shared, and every one of you has a story that needs shared with someone. Our stories matter. Would you agree with that? Our stories matter. Um, I am the POA for my, I was married 25 years uh, to a doctor. He's deceased, and I'm the POA. He was an only child, and I'm the POA for his mom and dad, and I take care of his parents. Well, his mom's in the ICU right now, and um, I just bought her a book because she's having to sit. She's in the she's out of the ICU now, but she's having to sit a lot because she's starting skilled nursing. And I bought her a book, and it just says my grandmother's story. And um, she's been a godly woman who's loved the Lord, and it's just writing out her story. And I was saying to her, "Your story matters to us. The things that you say and do, this passing on of the baton matters. And it doesn't matter where you are. You are as long as you're you, to coach someone, to be a mentor to someone, you have to be one step ahead. That's it. And so we were talking about that. So she's beginning to write her story. And so I remember sitting at a desk in my study. The house was remarkably quiet. Not that it wasn't normal, especially um, as the kids weren't there. 
I, I have, so Mike and I have seven children together. Uh, we were talking about it last night. Their ages are 27, 26, 25, 24, 21, and 16. Did I name them all? 28, 27, 26, 25, 24, 23, 21, and 16. And so uh, the house is loud and crazy and wild. And um, when I was, before Mike and I, obviously I'm remarried. We are blending this family. Um, we've been married now for three years. Uh, I had four kids of my own in my previous marriage. My husband got into prescription drug addiction as a doctor. And he lost his life to that drug addiction and an overdose. Um, so we had four kids within five years. So our house was loud, right? We had two boys, two girls, zero to five. And um, we had, um, I, we had uh, divorced because of his drug addiction. Um, he had bankrupted everything we owned, bankrupted every college savings account, bankrupted um, uh, his parents, um, and lost his life to that addiction. So... This day, I was sitting in our study at a house that I was now raising four kids as a solo parent on my own. I'm with a hefty mortgage, a whole lot of debt, and only thing I could go to was the promises of God to move forward. And so um, the house was remarkably quiet. The kids had just left for school after the morning frenzy of making breakfast, packing lunches, calling them down the stairs 14 times, and watching uh, and waiting and searching for the missing item of the day. Any of you moms in here with littles at home? Anybody? Okay. So you know what I'm talking about when you say there's always a missing item on the morning, uh, morning thing. Today, it was my daughter's spandex shorts which she needed for her school uniform skirt that seemed to disappear in the abyss of her closet overnight. Hugs and love, I would always say, as they headed out the door, this gesture had become a non-negotiable in the family. I made it mandatory that they hug each other and say I love you before leaving to go anywhere. That tradition was put into play after my best friend and brother was tragically killed in a car accident. And trust me, ladies, boys need to know and experience physical affection and no side hugs. This mama required the full squeeze you love you kind of hug. Physical touch changes the chemistry inside your kids. But that's another conversation for another day. Some days, by the time the kids had left flying out the door and lunches in tow, I felt I already needed a nap. And after they left every morning, I would slip away into my study. At one time, it had been our study. But since the divorce, it had become fully mine. It became a sanctuary of praise, a quiet place where God began to show me how to step into the brave woman he had created me to be. It was in that room that had once was defiled by pornography and numerous fights about money and secrets that I recreated a space to connect with God to experience his healing and redeeming love. That's what God does, you know. He takes the pain and places we feel betrayed or hurt and turns them into opportunities for praise and position. Creating a beautiful new space of expectation and communion with God was the beginning of coming out of my grief and into a place that I would be forever changed. The house was always so quiet whenever the kids left, and for the first few minutes I would feel an immense loneliness and the unbearable weight of my story would come crashing in. It was daunting and scary sitting in that room alone at times, and many mornings the tears would pour. But I will never forget this one day, day one. The day I made a decision to set a new future in motion. I sat at my desk, staring at a stack of just simple blue sticky notes. Lost somewhere in my thoughts, that was the grief cycle at work again. 
Suddenly an inner knowing awakened in my spirit. I knew at that moment God was working all things for my good. Despite the embarrassment and shame, I felt at the thought of others learning of my story. Not some of it, he said. Not a little, Kathy, but all. I will work all for your good. He was working all things for my good and nothing would be, would be wasted. I grabbed out a pen and wrote out my first declaration in my healing journey. I will share my story from a stage, no matter how hard, and deal hope to others. So began my journey to brave on a single blue sticky note. I made a decision to take God at his word. Even though everything in my life looked impossible, I decided to believe that even in that room where I felt betrayed and dishonored, God was with me in this and he would work all of it for my good. There was a resolve that day, ladies. There was a resolve that no matter what, no matter what the experience was, no matter what the pain was, no matter what the thought was, the shame was, God would work it all for my good. And I want to say that to you today. God, no matter where you're at in this life, whether you have grandkids, I was speaking to a woman just the other day. She has a grandson who's going to jail. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. God is going to take that moment in time and work it for your good. I decided, so, you know, one of the things was, I, in that moment, I was just like thinking about it. I was just like, I'm going to latch on to everything God has in this moment. And I was latching on to his promise for myself, my daughters, my sons, and all the women coming behind me. So the commitment was set that day in the very midst of my mess, when everything looked bleak, that I would share my story of his redeeming love so others would have hope out of their own devastating grief. Um, this particular book, there's 31 days in the 31 days to brave is what's called that. And I then share at the end of each day, I will share with you an action step specifically to take the book really takes science and it's colliding it with scripture. What does God say in his word? But what it is so cool. Like God's word, man, the science is just catching up with it, right? Um, everything that he says, you know, we hear Tony Robbins talk about what we say and our words matter, but God's word said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he a long time ago. And so I'm going to share you, with you guys just four ways how to step out of fear and anxiety. And it doesn't matter where you are. Every person in this room has experienced fear or had an anxious thought probably before. It's one of the things that is debilitating us more than ever right now. And so I'm going to give you four or five ways that you can break through fear and anxiety completely. And I want you to write some of these down because you will know someone. You will have a daughter, a, a, um, a grandchild, you, yourself, a person that will want to know specifically what to do. And these are things literally that you can start today and it will change your tomorrow that quickly. Um, I am brain health certified, so I get a little geeky about brain health. I'll share a little bit of that with you because God's the one who made that organ the way it works. And why does his word work the way he created it to do? Um, so one of the things that uh, I want to say to you guys is just when we're talking about stories, um, I had a lot of facts a lot of facts, a lot of black and white ink on paper facts that said I was in a mess. I, uh, facts about my divorce. Um, I had a hopeless situation, betrayed, broken family. I had drug tests full of facts. I had a kid's school grades full of facts. My kids, I had two kids failing in school when their dad's addiction came forward. Um, and uh, 
the shame of the divorce, bankruptcy, betrayal of a spouse. Um, there were facts uh, in reports about my kids, um, psychological eval for my one daughter. She was, um, I had four kids and one of our daughters um, became addicted to drugs during the season when her dad was addicted. She actually joined him in his drug addiction for a period of time. So there are a lot of facts. But I was reading one day, and I opened up God's Word, sharing Him my story. He already knew it all. And I came across the scripture in 2 Samuel 22, and it says this, God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to His eyes. God rewrote the text of my life. God rewrote the text of my life. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I need my text rewritten. Anybody need a text rewritten in their life? Right? I need my text rewritten. And I, I remember latching onto that and I wrote that scripture out. I said, God rewrote the text of my life. And I had stories and facts that were holding me back and hostage to do a future I wanted nothing to do with. Has anybody had a story or something that's happened in your life that you really didn't want anything to do with it? It's not the story. You're like, how did I end up here? I remember asking the Lord, God, look at all of the shambles of my life. How did I end up here? But God wants to rewrite our stories. And you know what? Stories and narratives. Guys, we are selling ourselves on a story every single day. And I want to really press into this. Um, and, I, and when I share this, you'll know what I mean. Like um, one of my most infamous stories I was telling myself at that time was I'm so overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm not going to get out of this. Oh my goodness, the bank, you know, my bank accounts, like everything bankrupted. I had four kids. I had a huge mortgage. I had four in private school um, and every bank account empty. When I left, uh, when my spouse left at the time, um, all of the accounts were empty, um, bankrupted everything. And when, I, when my divorce was final, I found out we had $250,000 in IRS debt that I wasn't aware of. And uh, my name was on that debt. And the IRS doesn't come after anybody who has an empty bank account. They come after people who have money. And as God began moving my life and putting my feet back on a rock again, um, the IRS, of course, wanted that 250 back from me. My spouse, just so you know, um, did lose his life to that drug addiction. But he went basically homeless. So when we talk about a fall of a human being... We were working in church together. He was a successful doctor. But after we divorced, he literally, um, and, and the reason I ended up divorcing was uh, he became very abusive, physically and verbally. And, um, you know, you hear about the main drunk. Um, so my spouse, that's how drugs worked with him. He was a very wonderful father, loving husband, but underneath a substance, he was a completely different person. And so I was raising kids completely solo by myself and trying to creep us out of debt and back to a new life. And God completely redeemed every single bit of it. And I'm here to tell you that that is what he will do no matter what the circumstance is. So I want to share what you can start today to obtain breakthrough. We were talking about overcoming and breakthrough earlier. There is breakthrough through fear. And I don't mean just 
hey, we've got to limp around. This One of the things that's happening in the body of Christ is we have Christians in spirit-filled churches even that are limping around like they have no authority over their circumstance. And God has given us authority over our circumstances. And so one of the things you must do if you want to move out of fear, and really, and ladies, I'm not just saying that as a cliche. We talk about breakthrough fear all the time. I am literally talking about God has given us everything we need in his word to never, ever have have to succumb to fear again. We have authority to call things are as though they are not. We have authority to speak life back into a situation. And it starts with the words that we can, that are coming out of our mouth. So number one, we must kill the ants in our life. Automatic negative thoughts. You must kill the ants in your life. You, you've, you've stepped on an ant bed before and you see all the ants, how they scatter. Um, you don't want to be around that, right? We need to kill an automatic negative thoughts. We have about 60, science tells us we have about 60,000 thoughts a day. And did you know of those 60,000 thoughts, they're saying that about 80% of them are negative. And I want you to think on that. One of the exercises that I have when I do uh, like three-day events with women who are really looking for breakthrough, they want to start a new business, they want to um, create something, they're wanting to step out of past pain and abuse, um, they're wanting to just leave behind a life that hasn't served them well. You know what I'm talking about there's things in our life we have to ask ourselves is this serving me is this thought serving me so what I have them do is for the for, for the next 24 hours for one day of the event I have them basically write their thoughts down as they come throughout the day <coughs> hall monitor your mind for a day have you remember hall monitors in school hall monitor your mind for a day I, 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 I challenge you to do it you will realize some of the things. And these subconscious thoughts are what are pushing us and driving us and moving us. So we must get rid of the negative thoughts. And there's a way to do that. And in, and, um, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it tells us, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. But how do we do that? How do I actually take captive a thought? Okay. So John 11.40, um, during my time, you know, it only takes one promise in the Word of God. It takes one to radically change your life. And one of the things that God did for me in that moment is I began, I was having such severe fear and anxiety. If you can imagine your four kids, at the particular time I had a, we were living in a huge house with a huge mortgage, um, four in private Christian school. And so I needed a miracle. I needed, there was nothing else. And you know what, what so people ask me all the time, how did you overcome? I was like, you know, quitting is an option. It just wasn't an option for me. I made a decision. I'm not quitting. If all I have to do is stand, I'm, I'm standing. And so I made a decision back in that time to put my head down, get in God's word, and work the word. That's all I knew to do. There was nothing else to do besides work the word. And um, ladies, when you have fear and anxiety and when you really get serious about healing... And everybody in here has something that's happened to them in their life that they probably still need healing. I always tell people, people are like, how did you do? Make, how did you heal? How did you start over? How did you trust again? How did you decide to find love again? How did you start a new business? How did you pay for your kid's college? What, how, 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 how? You know what? I literally, literally imparted God's word in my life every single day. And I'm going to share it to you exactly how. So what I did was when I shared with you about starting on a blue sticky note, 
that's exactly what I did. And um, I'm going to share these today. I brought them with me. I love to just be real and be me. This is what I did. It's these sticky notes, blue sticky notes. I began writing out affirmations and declarations on blue sticky notes. And I put them all over. And then I monitored my thoughts for a day. And I changed the narrative of what was going through my head. And I rewrote a new text for my life. And I continued to read it over and over and over again until it came to be. The process is simple. It may be hard to do it and act, but the process is simple. Breaking through fear, overcoming any circumstance may not be easy, but the process is simple. And it's rinse and repeat over and over again. Um, I'm going to read to you. These are some of my originals. Um, I have everything I need for this life and godliness. This is your life, ladies, right now. What's happening in it? There's all kinds of things happening, I bet. I bet if we each said one thing going on, every one of us has something that's creating some angst in our life at certain times. Every one of us, right? Anyone, anyone got it all together? Has no issue, no problem. Every one of us does. But God's word says, I've given you everything for life and godliness. You know what? I latched onto that and I was like, you know what? He doesn't say except for the one who's bankrupt. He didn't say except for the divorced. He didn't say except for the single mom. He didn't say except for the woman who doesn't have an education. He didn't say except for the one who's over 60. He didn't say except for the one who's under 20. I have everything. I've given you everything for life and God. This is my life. And I was remembering, oh my God, this is my life, Lord, in all the pieces. And yet I have everything I need for it. It changed things for me. It changed things. As a single mom with four kids, solo parenting, do you think I needed a miracle? I had to get rid of every hashtag in life. I wouldn't even think, I wouldn't even say I was a single mom because what comes with that word? Society has placed what? She's broke. She's bankrupt. She lacks everything. Well, my, my God said, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. So it takes one promise. Guys, this book is full of promises. I, I talk to women all the time. I was like, all I knew to do was to latch onto one and go with it fully and full blown. I was going to rise in search of everything God had given me already. And no matter what my circumstance was, I was moving forward to obtain the future he promised me. I have everything I need for life and godliness. I have a spirit of love, of power, and sound, sound mind. I have abundance in every area of my life because I honor God on my path. I lack nothing. I attract faith-filled, visionary women who want to do more and give back more. I take my kids to Europe. We take vacations again. We thrive. My kids know Jesus. They serve him and love him. Guys, I started out on blue sticky notes and I would read them. And the reason why I want to tell you in your circumstance, no matter what it is, no matter if you have, uh, I was talking with a girl whose boyfriend has broke up with her. These are devastating things. They're things that create an, a, a spirit of rejection in us. Maybe a, a lack of being able to move forward. It takes one word, but you guys, we have to bully our own thoughts. And you do it with the word of God. You know, a thought is not just a thought. I want you to really latch onto this. A thought is actually a demand on your life. Did you know that? A thought's not just a thought. 
It's a demand on your life. And it starts with one thought, a feeling that creates a thought, and we act our life based on that thought. Well, you know what the good news is? God's got a new word for us. God's got a new word for us. So monitor your thoughts. Write them down. So guys, this is what God told me to do. He said, Kathy, I want you to write down every thought that you've had. And you know what? He's our safe place. God is our safe place. You know, religion tells us I can't tell him everything that I'm feeling. If I say it out loud, I've spoken into existence. Okay, there is some truth in what we say. We have to. There is a miracle in our mouth and we have to monitor what we say. Absolutely. But God is safe enough to handle it all. We can pour our hearts out to him and tell him what we're feeling, what's happening in us. And he's our safe place to do it. So I just began telling God. And he said, Kathy, tell me. And I remember he said, and then what? Tell me the biggest fear that you have. People are going to talk. People are going to think it was me. You know, when you're divorced, it's... If you've ever experienced a divorce, and I came from, I'm one of six kids. I was the, you know, only divorce in my family. Um, you know, when you come from a divorce, there's a lot of shame that comes with that. A lot of rejection, a lot of what ifs. You wonder what people will think, what they'll say about you. Did they think it's your fault? Sometimes I wanted to explain the situation. Um, and God just said, you know what? I vindicate. I vindicate. I vindicate. Keep your mouth quiet and watch what I do. And so that's what I did. I put my head down. I didn't date. I no need for any more distractions or trauma in my life. I put my head down. I got in God's word. And I began applicably applying the principles. I had to get rid of the automatic negative thoughts. The only way I could do this, guys, when you are in trauma or fear, if something is, 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 you've got a place of fear, I want to encourage you, as much as I knew the word, and I knew a lot of scripture, I'd memorized a lot of scripture, but the enemy comes to what? Right. He is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And when you are in a fight or flight or if something is happening or even if you've got something good going and you want to see more of it, whatever it is, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will attempt to, even though he can't, the word is inside of us. But in the moment of real pain, I knew I needed the scriptures ever before me. So I wrote down all of my thoughts, all the stories. You're going to go broke. You won't feed your kids. You're not going to have a home anymore. You'll never take them on a vacation again. You'll never create... And we had created wonderful vacations before um, the divorce. All the things that the enemy would say. Well, so what I did is I wrote down the thoughts. I want you all to monitor your thoughts over the next day. Dare to take the challenge to write them out. <laughs> Nothing more humbling than thinking that I'm a positive person and I know the word and I speak the word than to monitor my own thoughts for a day. And so if you will do that, you can then, the positive about that is every thought that comes up, you can create a new story, a new narrative. We have these false narratives like, I'm not going to make it. This is overwhelming. Well, you know what? I decided to read a new black and white text that said, I'm capable, I'm the righteousness of God, I'm resourceful, I'm worthy, I'm loved, I have everything that I need. God has come to give me life and life abundantly. 
And I took those words and I recreated, rewrote the text of my life based on his word. And so I want to share with you, if you um, today, if you have a marriage that needs revived, you want to write a new narrative about it. As a woman thinks in her heart, so is she. So I want you to pick up a piece of paper, sticky note, whatever it is, and write out a new story. So for a story, for example, and I'm going to give you guys some examples because I want you to applicably do this. So for the story, for example, for my story, I'm overwhelmed and I don't have money to live the life I want. That's basically what the story was, right? I'm so overwhelmed and I don't have the money to live the life that I want. God then said, I want you to write that down and I want you to change the narrative. I'm rewriting the text. So what do you want the text to look like? And then find a scripture and apply that scripture to that story. So I said, I am resourceful, I'm capable, and I find the time and resources to support my dreams. God, I'm not, one of the other stories was, I'm not worthy of abundance in relationships or in my career. I am worthy of love and success. I create abundance in my life. God's word says I have come to give you life and life abundantly. And there was a period at the end of that statement. There was nothing that came after it. It didn't say except for the single mom. It didn't say except for the sinner. It didn't say except for the one who was sexually promiscuous throughout her life. It didn't say for the woman who's um, too old, too young, not educated, not smart enough, not good enough, not quiet enough, not loud enough. It said, I have come to give you life and life abundant. And that's exactly what it meant. And when I realized God specifically, it was like an audible voice said, Kathy, there's a period there. And it doesn't say except for the single mom. It says, I've come to give abundance for you, for you, for you. And so um, if you're afraid of what others might think, change it. Some of you, have you ever been afraid of what others think? I mean, we all have, right? Everybody's got some fear of what another person may think. How dare you do something big? How dare you do something great with your life? Right? How dare you think that you can? You know what God says? He says, I, he says, I created you. I knitted you in your mother's womb. I am confident, uniquely designed, and divinely appointed to do all that God's created me to be. Write a new narrative. Number two, be grateful. Gratitude and anxiety. Did you know that gratitude and anxiety, they show this. Science says gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist. Well, then we have an answer. We have an answer right there. Gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist. I love how science continues to confirm God's word. Practicing gratitude. Listen to this, ladies. Boosts mood and reduces anxiety when you get in a habit of writing it down. Just simply writing three to five things a day. Focusing on things you're grateful calms down the limbic system and the emotional areas of your brain. So this, God created our brain to do this. Gratitude can completely change a circumstance. Science has shown that one grateful thought can decrease depression and anxiety by 35%. What? Anxiety and depression is real, but we have an answer for it. I know I'm not going to get up here and tell you that I don't think that medication isn't necessary sometimes, but I'm sick and tired as a therapist in my, in my offices or in a church that we pick that first before we start with applying God's word to our circumstance. There's nothing wrong with medication, but is it our first pull or is it the thing that we choose last? I have a daughter who started suffering from anxiety um, when her father died. And he just passed away literally two years ago. And she started having severe anxiety, a lot of, um, a, a lot of attack in the night in dreams about him, etc. So much so that she began 
um, having panic attacks. Uh, and if you've ever, anyone ever experienced a panic attack? Okay. Um, I had never, I had counseled panic attacks and never experienced one until I went through all the trauma of what was happening. Um, I write about that in the book. Uh, there's a chapter in here that's called Panic Attack and what was happening. I took my daughter in the situation and she, it was de debilitating for her. And I said, do you, uh, she was just, wouldn't even, she came home from college even. She's like, I have to come home. I cannot sustain at college. She moved back home from college in the spring and in March. And she, you know, she's 19. You know, she, she knows a lot. I mean, she's getting a degree in clinical psychology. She's kind of following in my footsteps. And um, she was so afraid and they were so overwhelming. She was like, I have to take something, mom. I'm like, I cannot sleep. And I just said, okay. Sweetheart, honey, we may get to that place where if, but let's, let's try some other things first. And um, she was terrified. And um, I just sat on her bed and I said, do you trust me? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, um, then we're going to start doing the things that God taught me to do that move me out of fear and anxiety and back to a place of peace and joy. And so um, she'd gotten to a place where she wouldn't even want to go outside. And so one day she was telling me she couldn't. And I, you know, one of the things people learn about me is I can be, I'm kind of a strong personality. So I was like, okay, girl, you're getting yourself out of this bed. <laughs> like we're getting out of this bed and we're walking. And so what we started doing was exactly what works. God created the body to heal the body. Okay. And so too many of us, we've got to start latching onto his word. He does not want us as Christians limping around with poor health, poor mindsets, poor bank accounts, poor relationships. When he talks about abundance, we're not just talking about money. There's joy, peace, every fruit of the spirit we should feel abundant and at ease in. We walk in gentleness. We walk in love. We have a spirit of sound mind. And so I began pulling out, you guys, I did it with my daughter. I've done it over and over. I went back to the same things. I pulled out the sticky notes. She began writing her own. I pulled out the scripture cards. Guys, in the moment of my worst pain, even though I knew the word, the fear was so overwhelming. It was getting hard for me to recall it. So you know what? Do battle where you are, right where you are. I wrote out, I narrated my thoughts. I rewrote a new thought. I applied a scripture to that thought. Whenever it had fear over being broken, my family not going to be fed, I, I wrote out the scripture that says, I have life and life abundantly. And I wrote them out on a three by five card and I carried them with me everywhere. If you are in a season where you need to move to the next level even, maybe you've got a business, maybe you have a ministry, maybe you have a women's group, maybe you have something happening at your kid's school that you're leading, whatever it is, and you want it to move forward, listen, get serious about it. Apply God's word to it. Quote it over and over. Speak to it. He tells us we have the power to speak to a mountain and tell it to move. We are not applying that like we should. We have to actively work the word. It doesn't just happen. Right? The rain falls on the just and the unjust. But what do the just get to do about it? We've got a spoken word. I will see the goodness of the Lord of the landing. Ladies, when I tell you that my fear was so strong, I can be at a red light and bam, the trauma would hit me in the face and I'd be paralyzed and my mind would start spiraling. Oh my gosh. Where, where, what am I going to do? Da, 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 da. And I carried these with me because they became my anthem. It's what moved me. When people ask me, how did you heal so quickly? 
How did you heal from a, a betrayal, sexual betrayal? How did you heal from verbal, emotional, physical abuse? Because my husband uh, was a wonderful father. But when a substance came into his life and sin took over and the enemy got a hold of him, he didn't just threaten our finances. He threatened my life. He threatened my son. I ended up having to you know, file full restraining orders, protective orders. People would warn me, like, he has so much hatred and he's so sick right now. I'm concerned for your family. And I remember saying to someone, they said, you know, are you packing? Have, are you carrying? <laughs> packing a gun. I mean, in Texas, we have, you know, conceal and carry, you know. And I did have actually a license because my dad raised me up that way. But I said, listen to me. If he wants to harm me, only God's going to stop that. I'm not going to walk and live in fear. Not going to do it. And so I carried God's word with me. And I would read them over and over. Sometimes when it was hard to even keep going during the day. You know, sometimes it's hard just for the minutes and the moments, right? Much less the days. God will intersect a moment in our life with one word. One word. So these are, the, these are just some. And I have a website. It's kathysmalley.com. I really would encourage you. I have all kinds of declarations, marriage declarations I am. And we're going to do a little bit of that here in just a minute. And I want you to jump on there and just download them. They're free to download. Get a word and latch onto it until God brings it to pass. And so I wrote out scripture cards. I put my life in your hands. You won't drop me. You will never let me down. God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. Because she loves me, I will rescue her. I will protect her for she acknowledges my name. Ladies, I love that scripture. There's nothing. It doesn't say you've got to do this and you've got to work and you've got to be in the ministry full time. You've got to work in the church. You've got to give. You've got to give. You gotta, all those things are things we can do. We need to do. But he says right here, simply because she loves me. That's it. And at that moment, I was like, you know what, God? I can't do a whole lot, but I love you. I can love you. And he said, just because you love me, Kathy, I will rescue you. I will protect you. Just, because, just acknowledge my name. Guys, our prayers don't have to be huge, loud, and proud. They can just be simply, Jesus, help. There was a season in my life where that's all I could muster. Jesus, help. And it was enough. All things work together for the good of those who love God. Jesus looked her in the eye. This became my signature verse. And I want to share it with you. Jesus, remember the story of Lazarus is dead. Everyone's weeping. Jesus intersects the scene like only he can. And it says, and I really love this in the message. This is John eleven forty, And this is for you ladies today. Jesus looked her in the eye. I love that he's speaking to a woman in this. And if you latch onto nothing but this today, it's enough. And he's talking to Martha and he says, Didn't I tell you? Martha, you're so worried. Didn't I tell you if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Jesus looked her in the eye. Didn't I just tell you, if you would just simply believe, you would see the glory of God. Guys, when you are in a lot of pain and trauma, when life is coming at you hard, you need simple things. And I love that Jesus knew that. Just love me. 
just believe and watch me show up. That scripture became my anthem scripture because I was like, you know what, God? I don't have a whole lot to offer and I don't know my way out of this mess. But I love you and I'm willing to just dare to believe you. And God changed my life. Um, ridding out the ants, changing the narrative, rewrite a new narrative, get God's word in, grateful, write out gratitudes. Um, Ann Boss Camp wrote a book. It was called A Thousand Gifts. I happened to pick that book up during my season of really pain. And um, I began writing out three things I was grateful for every day. And it didn't matter what it was, where I was. And um, I read her book about a thousand gifts and I was like, God, I'm going to write out a thousand things I'm thankful for. You guys, even people who are unsaved, this works for. You think that we don't have favor? We don't get a double portion? Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. I love that. I would go, I would be in businesses because um, I ended up starting a couple of businesses during that time. And that would be walking in the room with unsaved people. And I would think, oh my goodness, if the unsaved person's getting success, I completely have success in, in Jesus' name. Like, I get a double portion. I have favor on my life. God walks with me. He's leading me. Mercy and goodness are following me. Angels are hovering over me. Right? I have favor. And so, um, write out gratitudes. What I realized is, so I bought a spiral notebook. Listen, when you get serious about your healing, listen to me. Healing is a decision. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just come. It's a choice. You draw a line in the sand and say, I'm healing in the name of Jesus. Guys, the, one of my biggest fears was when I was at a, a, a addiction center with my spouse. We had to go there for a week. And I laid my legs over this beautiful blue velvet sofa. And I was watching the snow fall. And immediately I thought, oh my God. What if he heals and I don't? It had never dawned on me before. Anybody been in here so focused on someone else getting their miracle that you forgot you needed one? I needed a miracle. And I needed healing. And in that quiet moment, in this room all by myself, Jesus said, take your eyes off of him and watch what I do with you. I made a decision to heal. In a quiet moment, and I began listening to my thoughts, practicing gratitude. Number three, and this is something that I'm just going to share with you just because it's important, ladies, and we don't need to minimize it. This is kind of science and scripture colliding, and that is to move your body, walk your way out of anxiety and depression and fear. And the reason why, this is actually God created this body. I'm just going to keep on this for just a split second. I don't care if you are 103 or 13. God created this body to function in a way. And when we heat the body up, we actually boost serotonin. And serotonin, if you know what that word, if you've ever heard of that word, is the feel-good hormone. It's the hormone that makes us feel better. It's the one that we want more of. And we can actually boost it by moving our body. Doesn't mean you have to go running, jogging. You don't have to even move your body very much. Ladies, I want to tell you that God wants you to meditate on his word. And if you move your body at the same time where you're speaking scripture out, you will see a radical shift in your mood. You can be depressed and sitting on a bed like my daughter was. And I got her up every day. 
and we walked the neighborhood and quoted scripture. And I would have her repeat after me. Y'all, there is power in God's word. And when we move our body, he created the body to boost serotonin so that our mind becomes clearer immediately. And if you can move your body and quote scripture, did you know there's a thing in the brain? It's called the reticular activating system. And it fires when we move our body. It also allows us to remember the spoken word more. This will change your life. You don't, and, and movement, it can be bilateral movement. You can sit in a chair and move your arms. It doesn't just have to be even your legs. Any bilateral movement, walking, arm movement, swimming. God created the body to do this. So we don't have to, no one has to give us a miracle. It's right here in the word. If you want to boost your mood, if you want to change how you're feeling, if you want to have a sad moment and move through it fast, let yourself feel it. Grief is real. If you're having grief, but don't stay stuck in it. Don't replay it over and over and over again. You guys, we're selling ourselves our own story every day. Stop selling yourself a story that doesn't give you what you want. You need to start speaking out what you want to see happen. We're calling things in to us all the time by what we say. If you don't like what's happening in your current circumstance, say something different about it. Talk differently. There's a miracle in your mouth. Listen, my circumstance... My bank account was empty. I was divorced. Go to a doctor and they ask you, single, married, divorced, widowed. Who ever did that? Who cares? Like, that made me so mad that day. I was like, I, I literally thought I was getting, and then bam, another trigger, divorce. I had to mark divorce for the first time. You guys think that's a little thing? It's a big thing. Like, I wanted to stand up and say, it's none of your business. None of your business. Thanks for the reminder. I already know. But God sat in that moment and said, and I said, you know, I was dealing with that. I said, God, why is this so hard? I know that you have good for me. This moment isn't good. What do I do with it? And he gently, softly spoke and said, you know what? I'm not about a moment. I'm about an outcome. Do you hear that? Not about a moment. God is about outcomes. And in that moment... I quietly checked my divorce box and I said, thank you, God, that you're redeeming my entire story for your good and glory. Move your body, ladies. So I would take my daughter, get your butt out of bed. Sorry, am I allowed to say that? Get your, get your <laughs> tail out of bed. We are moving. And she would latch her arm in and we would walk. And I would say one scripture after another. I do not have a spirit of fear. And I would say, Abby, repeat it. Repeat it, Abby. I do not have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of love and power and sound mind. And this 19-year-old girl that's making a 4.0 in nursing has never had fear in her life. She's kid number four. Kid number fours, they never like... We used to take the kids skiing and she would be flipping down the blacks at five years old and all the other kids are trying to keep up with her. She never had fear. But she can barely utter words. And so we would walk, and we started the journey of walking. 
and speaking God's word. That is where I watched fear fall off of me. And I knew it would work for her too. So we would walk. I do not have a spirit of fear. And she would, I do not have a spirit of fear. Say it, Abby. I do not have a spirit of fear. And each day from March until May was her birthday when she turned 20. God broke anxiety and fear off of that kid completely. And all we did were the things I'm sharing with you. She wrote, I got her a gratitude journal. She wrote in her journal, three a day. We looked at the narratives that she was playing in her head. And every one of you has them. When you're going to leave here today and over the next 24 hours or pick a day next week and say, you know what, God, I surrender my thoughts to you. Write your thoughts down. Get honest. It's easy to be even here. But I still struggle with thoughts, negative thoughts. But you know what's different is what used to take me days to overcome them, then took me hours, then minutes. Now I can have a thought and in a split second I can change it. You know what? I just flew to San Antonio on Thursday. I got up and I needed, um, so I started a real estate investing company a couple of years ago. God just told me, you need to learn about real estate. I was looking for another business to pass on to my kids. And he said, learn about real estate. So I woke up. I went to an event that weekend. Um, I signed up for their coaching program. On Monday, I started an LLC, and hence Ford Acquisitions, which is my kid's last name, was born. And both of my boys work in that business full-time now. I flew to San Antonio to look at a piece of property, and my flight got canceled on the way back. Well, when I was booking the flight, I said the flight was $450. I was like, I am not paying $450 on you know because it's expensive because I'm booking it the day of. And the flight was $450 to fly there and fly back um, in the same day. And I thought, I'm just going to drive my car. And um, I was, got in the car, was driving, and I was like, okay, no, this is going to be 10 hours in one day. And then we were leaving Friday morning to come here. And so um, I said, God, do, what do, you, do you think I should fly? And I just got this word like, you don't need to drive, fly. And so I was sitting there booking my flight, and I just stopped. And I said, you know what? I thank you. I thank you, God, that this $450 will come back to me today, that I won't pay for this flight. Somewhere, somehow, someone's sending me $450 today to cover this flight. That's, it was a simple, simple out loud, simple whatever. I'm not lying to you. 20 minutes later, my assistant calls me and says, hey, Kathy, are you still selling your list um, for uh, properties in Dallas-Fort Worth? She said, because I've got a lady who wants it. And um, I said, sure, she can have it. And she said, um, well, I'm going to go back and look at what you charged the last group. I'm just going to charge her the same. And I said, okay. I said, it'll be there in the email. Just pick it up. And she literally, she's looking. To, she goes, oh, you know, you charged 450 last time. Is the 450 fine this time? And I said, yes, I'll take the 450. <laughs> I'll take the 450. Same day, ladies, same day. I'm in, then all these storms come through Dallas. So remember, I'm flying and uh, flying there and flying back. Well, of all things, everything got canceled going back to Dallas Thursday night. And the whole Love Field Airport shut down. The weather, you know, in Texas, for, we get snow, sleet, a little bit of rain, and all. Everybody thinks we've all got to, you know, go into hiding or something. So shut the airport down, which means I can't get home. And if I don't get home Thursday night, our flight was leaving at noon the next day. They wanted to put me on a flight at 10. And I said, well, I can't do that. I ha I'll miss my flight to Florida in the morning. And so I'm at the rental car place. So um, remember, I've, I spent 450 on my flight. It was 225 there, 225 back. 
Well, they refunded me the 225 now that my flight's canceled, but now I have to rent a car. So I have to go rent the car, get there, and now I'm going to have to drive back the five hours. So that's fine. I ended up doing it. I go to rent the car. Well, they want $304 for the car rental. $304, more than my plane ticket to rent the car because I'm taking it from San Antonio and I'm dropping it in Dallas. You know what? I was, I was like, oh, well, I have no choice, so I'm fine. I'll pay the $304. And um, he said, when you get there, well, no, I only had to pay the $49. He said, when you get there, they'll charge you the inner city fee, but it's going to be $304. And so um, I'm putting gas in the tank, and immediately I hear God say, ask me. And so I said, God, I thank you that I have favor with the Hertz car rental people, and they are not going to charge me that $304. So I drive my five hours. I come strolling in at 1230. No, it was, it, I left there at 1230. I pulled in at 10 till 12 because they closed at 12. They had 10 people there waiting for cars. They're out of cars. <laughs> I pull in and get my car and I said, hey, and he said, yes, they asked me for my credit card checking out. He said, hey, that'll be $304. And I said, hey, look, you got a lot of people here who need a car. I'm asking you to waive my inner city charge. And um, the lady is there or whatever, and she says, well, I have to ask him. And um, he's the manager. So he comes over, and she says, hey, she's asking us to waive her intercitter charge. And he looked at me and looked at her and goes, why would I do that? And I said, because I asked you. And he looked at her, and he goes, fine, waive it. <laughs> <laughs> I made money that day, actually, y'all. Do you realize that? Like, I made money that day. I got the flight back. The flight only cost me two twenty-five. right? Remember, I said four fifty. I want the four fifty. I got a person to buy a list that day for $450. I then rent my car, which cost me $49, and the 304 fee got done. So I spent 225 and 49 and I also then still made money on top of that. So ask God, speak something different about your circumstances. And it can be in big situations. God does the same thing when you say, God, this heart is broken. Fix it. He does the same thing. And these same things with fear and anxiety will work with a broken heart. It will work with a broken bank account. It will work with needing favor with a Hertz car rental guy. It works. We are not using it enough. In that moment when God said, ask me, think about how many things we've missed. I thought that. I was like, how many things have I missed? How many things have I just not received because I haven't asked God to give it to me? He says, I have already deposited inside of you everything that you need for life and godliness. What are you not receiving from me that I have for you? God is so, like Mike and I were talking about the other day, we were like, oh my goodness, we have tapped into this much of God. This much. There's so much more. So much more. I want to share this last little bit with you guys. Um, so moving your body. And I'm sharing with these guys practical things. One of the things that even in my practice with people, they're like, look, this is overwhelming. We know we've got all this stuff. I need some practical things to move the needle just a little to give me hope to keep on going. These are practical steps. Speak the word. Speak the word. 
reframe your thoughts. Write a new narrative. God's rewriting the text of your life. You have to join him in it. You can't ask God to rewrite the text of your life when you're walking around saying, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to figure this out. I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Yes, you do. God's word says you have the very DNA of God on the inside of you. Do you think Jesus was confused? Didn't know what to do? Didn't have an answer? He had an answer. He wasn't confused. He was joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. He had all of the fruit of the Spirit. And he says, everything that I have, you have. Look at the fruits of the Spirit and ask God to show you which one needs more development. Just look at them all. I'm in a season right now where I'm really studying the fruits of the Spirit. Mike and I in our marriage are. Some of you need your marriage to be revived. Some of you need a, or want, want a husband to love you in the way that you need it the most. Doesn't matter how great the marriage is, even, there's moments when you're like, do you get me? I mean, are you seeing me? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like sometimes I look at Mike and I was like, are we tracking here? <laughs> There's a word that you need to speak. You need to speak life back into that marriage. You can't go around and saying things like, he is never going to change. He does not get me. No. I thank you, God. I thank you that my husband loves me the way that I need it the most. I thank you that our communication honors you. I thank you that this marriage is revived and rekindled and love is restored. I thank you that he has the fullness of God. I thank you that he understands me and loves me and treats me like Christ loved the church. I don't care what he looks like. You guys, I've called a daughter strung out, drug addicted, back into clarity and sobriety. And don't think that God didn't hear me. I would look at her picture and say, she's coming home. She's coming back. I thank you that she honors you. I thank you that I nullify every wrong voice in the name of Jesus. Speak that over your kids. No third voice. I nullify it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Listen to this one, ladies, grandmothers. I thank you that my children and grandchildren will be miserable outside the will of God. Yes. Miserable. Yes. Like, God, don't just like make them uncomfortable. I mean, make them miserable where they will long to turn back to you. Y'all, I have prayed that over my kids. I thank you that she's miserable where she is. I thank you that she's so Lonely that she calls out for you. Speak the right word. Monitor your thoughts. Write them down. Bully your own thoughts and align them. Take them captive. Align them to Christ. The way that you do that is by knowing. You have to acknowledge that you have a negative thought. Don't just let your mind run you. You run your mind. It is an active, intentional decision. If you are not intentional about your thoughts and what you say out of your mouth, it will run you. And I mean thoughts. 
You think, I don't say anything negative about it. No, it's spiraling in your mind all the time and you're allowing space to take up on things that God never intended for you. I don't care if it's actively happening. Everything about my life, if you looked in my bank account, it looked like I was broke. If you looked at my kids, it looked like life was disheveled. They were failing. One of them was failing school. Uh, the, thank God, I have two boys and two girls, and I love boys and girls. But thank God that, you know, God just knows. He knows what you can handle. My boys kind of just stayed straight, and my girls just were like, mayhem, chaos. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine girl drama, right? Um, but speak into the situation. But also, don't let even a thought come against what God has for you. Be aware. One of the things you hear all the time is it's, you have to know you have a problem before you can fix the problem, right? In 12 steps, we acknowledge, right? I accept responsibility. Okay, well, acknowledge the thought. Quit lying to yourself. Religion really traps us up sometimes. It keeps us from getting honest and vulnerable. I've had every thought imaginable, probably. I thought I wanted to kill my ex-husband, <laughs> literally. I mean, literally. I was like, maybe he'll drive his car off. That was a horrible thought. But I had to, I had to admit it. I had to repent and ask God, like, change this thought. Okay, you know what? Kathy, you change the thought. You do it. You've got to speak something else. You know, when addicts and we're counseling addicts and we're pulling them away, right? We're, they're getting rid of the drugs, the thing that drove their life. Well, if all they do is stop using and they don't change their life and input new things to take up the space that the drug used to take up, they go back to it. You have got to take up new thought, new word, and put it in. Guys, I had to read this. Literally, I read, I knew God's word. I was saved. But I had to read the scriptures and the affirmations over and over and over again. Every day. The enemy was coming in hard and fast. This is warfare. I had to move my body because I was like, I need to boost serotonin. So I would walk and I would read the scripture. I would take them with me. I walked the perimeter. We lived in a huge 5,000 square foot house with a pool. I would walk the perimeter of that pool. Now, I couldn't pay for the landscaping anymore, but I could walk the pool. <laughs> and I would walk the pool and walk the pool and quote the scripture and quote the scripture. I would be in my study. I was starting a brand new business from the ground up. And I was just like frantic. And I'd be in the study. And when the enemy would come in, I'd get up. I'd get up. Ezra 10.4. What did Ezra do? Rise up. Take courage. Just Ezra 10.4. This is Ezra 10.4 right here in simple terms. Rise up, he said. Rise up, Ezra. Take courage and act. Too many of us are thinking, why am I in this situation? But you will not get up and move. Get up and move. I don't care where you are. There's a dream in your heart. I know in this room, because I, it's in every room I ever step into, and it's in my own. I know there's things that God's put inside of here. Don't live with regret. Rise up. Take courage and act. God will give you everything you need. If he put the desire inside of you, he has a plan for you to see it through. Don't think, if you're a saved person and, and, and God's on the inside of you, 
We have his very DNA. We think, we act, we move like God. Use your authority and speak out the word. Last but not least, um, pick up the resources you have and go. One of the things that I am a business coach, business and mindset coach, I do um, mostly with faith-based businesses, but I've coached in non-faith-based businesses. But my where my love is, because um, even in counseling practice or in business, if I cannot apply my faith and the word, there's a limit on how far they can go every time. I worked in a secular psychiatric hospital is how I started out in counseling. Um, and I remember I was not even allowed to share unless they asked it. I didn't stay there long because I was like, oh, these people are going to kick me out anyway because I'm not going to be following my contract. I don't know how to do that. Um, and when I would work with people, my heart was so heavy. Oh my goodness, how do people that don't know you do this? Certain things will only take you so far. And then God is limitless. Um, pick up the resources you are. You're, you guys all know the story of David and Goliath. And I really want you to listen to this and latch on to this. Because this is huge. I believe in my heart of hearts that women are rising up. And women are going to move the kingdom forward even farther. In their resources their creativity, their finances. Um, I, I love Proverbs 31 woman. I used to have it very distorted about what she was. She was quiet, submissive. She didn't do anything wrong. And she wasn't too loud, too proud. And then I reread Proverbs 31. <laughs> I was like, how did I grow up thinking about this woman? And what I realized is God had created me. I was shaming the woman he had created me to be for most of my life. I was not quiet. I was kind of loud and proud. I, I, and as a matter of fact, so much so, I was so attempting to squelch and tame this woman God created me to be. Based on that scripture being misquoted to me most of my life. And when I read what this woman did and I really started studying it, I was like, this woman was a rock star. <laughs> she ran businesses. And she was successful. Super successful. Finances weren't a problem for her. Fear wasn't a problem for her. Laziness wasn't a problem for her. This woman trusted God. She rose up, took courage, and she acted for her family. She bought a field. Yes. Women, we can invest. Yes. If, you have a, if you have an idea to invest in real estate, invest in real estate. You guys, ladies, I started a real estate investing company with a bunch of faith field. These women, like there are, there are no walls on what they believe. If you aren't around people who are where you want to go, move be around some more people that will encourage you, that will teach you. If you want to, you know what? I, there are women in my group that are, I have a lady that's 71 and she's investing in her first piece of real estate at 71. And in two years time, do you know what God's done with that business? 
I literally asked the Lord, give me a business that we can put my kids' names back on that they'll be proud of. We owned Ford Wellness and Rehab Clinics when my spouse got into addiction. My kids loved that their name was on the door. And when he lost his battle of addiction and we lost every business, everything that we had, he bankrupted everything. There was shame in that. And so I said, God, give me a new idea that maybe the kids will want to be in. He said, learn about real estate. So I do. One of the things, if you ask, people ask me what my superpower is, it is I know the word of God in me and I get up and move. <laughs> that's really, that's really it. It's like people are like, watch me do or whatever. I'm like, I'll just act. I, I learn later. I'm not one of those people. And so I want to talk to you about that. And I'm sharing this story because it'll apply to picking up the resources you have. So I didn't know anything about re real estate. But God said, learn about real estate. So literally, and you know how Facebook like knows what you're saying? Everybody, like they all know, like your phone can like, it's like a private whatever in there. Don't talk about anything. Like you can be talking about sex and all of a sudden you're boop. You know, whatever it is. I, I was talking about real estate. And I was talking about it out loud to God. Well, literally that afternoon, of course, a Facebook ad comes up. There's this real estate event. And it was a Wednesday afternoon and the real estate event started Friday. Well, it was only like, I don't know, $97. So I was like, okay. I'll just, I'll do it. $97, I signed up, I went, I did the coaching. I literally, I was like, I looked at it, at all these people that were doing this, and I sat in that back of that room, I thought, I can do this. I can do this. So I signed up. I started my LLC on Monday. I did the business for a year. And in the first year, and I just, I, guys, when God gives you something, and when He speaks it, you hear Him you don't have to ask him about things and pray for it for four months. Now, sometimes you need to, but a lot of times we don't. We're walking around like we don't have the word of God in us and we don't have all knowledge, all wisdom. Whatever you don't have, he says, ask for you and I'll graciously give it to you. I had asked him for wisdom. He drops a thought, so I'm going to act. There's how many things do you sometimes think about doing, but you're afraid you maybe feel like you don't have all the knowledge. You need more education, more knowledge, more whatever. And God is saying, I just told you what to do. Get up and move. That business, um, uh, a year later, and I was specifically praying about my kids. Let it be something. So I named the business Ford Acquisitions LLC because that was their name. Knowing I may one day be remarried. But I wanted it to be that. And so Ford Acquisitions was born. And um, a year later, my oldest son was like, I want to do this. Stepped into the business. Um, my second son graduated last May. He started in the business full-time in August. My daughter, the one that was in addiction, very poor, very bad addiction, in jail twice. Nothing like seeing your daughter in a jail who gets so sick in jail they have to bring her to the hospital and you walk in the room and she is handcuffed to the bed because she has to wear handcuffs at all times. And you know what? I stepped out of that room with her handcuffed to the bed and she had more God in her than any four of my kids did growing up. And I stepped out because I was crying and I didn't want her to see me cry. And I literally stood with resolve and I said, I say to the Lord, 
I thank you that she serves you. I thank you that this moment will be the bigger testimony than any of the other three have. I thank you. You're working all things for her good. Even this moment. And I've watched him do it with her. She's amazing. She has more compassion and love. She has zero judgment. Do you think we need more people who have zero judgment? I tell you, Christians are some of the meanest people on the planet. <laughs> Amen? I, I, I mean, like, literally, I, I, in the secular world, I've been a lot, around a lot of women as a therapist that weren't saved. And they were sweet and kind. And then I got around a bunch of Christian therapists, and I'm like, you guys mean. Y'all ain't nice. Y'all are judgmental talking about people. We all got junk. Pick up the resources you have. So David and Goliath. You guys remember the Philistine is taunting them, you know, begging them to send someone out. You know what I love about David? You know, reread re the story. Sometimes when there are stories that we um, know really well, we forget some of the things. Reread the story of David and Goliath and read it in another translation. Sometimes shake up the translation because then you won't recall it. You know, sometimes we've even got it so memorized we're reading ahead before we know what's going on. What I love about it is as I reread it, it says, David heard the Philistine and he got hacked. He's like, why are y'all still letting this Philistine taunt us? If nobody else will fight him while all the other huge men who had been more established were running away, he steps up and says, I'll do it. And he goes to Saul and says, I'll fight him. Why are you putting up with this? And remember what Saul says to him? He says, you can't fight him. Who are you? Who are you? What does the enemy attack us with all the time? You can't do that. Who do you think you are? You need, and or this is the thought that runs through our minds. I don't know enough. I just need to study more, learn more, do more, get more experience. Um, it's a new idea maybe you have. Well, I don't know about that. I tackle this in the book and I tell women all the time, you don't have to form the LLC on Monday like I did. Just get on Google and start researching it. If there's something you want to do, part of the acting or an idea that you've had in your mind, if God put it there, He wants you to do something with it. Then start just simply researching it. But take some steps. So what does David do? David goes back in and he says to Saul, Hey, have you seen what I've done with the bears and the lions? I'm not worried about this guy. He is subject to the same God the bears and the lions are subject to. And what does he do? Listen to this, ladies. This is significant. He picked up the resources he already had. He didn't go to warrior training for six months. He didn't get custom-fit armor. He didn't go to slingshot throwing class. He picked up the resources he had. Five stones and a slingshot. And he looked at the target. He aimed at the target. And he changed the course of history and saved his people that day. God is asking you to pick up the resources he's already deposited inside of you. Stop questioning him. Stop questioning yourself. You aren't that great either, just like I'm not. But God inside of us is greatness. I'm not any different, so I've written a book. That's my first book, and that was a labor of love. And trust me, I've 
when God said, no, you're not writing this, I never thought I would write a Devo-style book. I, I'm, not, I'm not that qualified. But God said, I want you to write a book, and you share the exact step that I took you out of bankruptcy, out of shame, abuse, financial devastation, children not serving you, a love torn apart, a heart broken. And you share the exact steps I gave you, one step at a time, and put it in writing, and watch what I'll do with it. All I did was pick up the resources I had, and at that moment I had a lot of brokenness, but my faith and confidence and bravery was being built one step at a time. You guys, people don't just wake up and are brave. It's built. If you don't feel brave and think, I don't really have the confidence, it's a skill that can be built. People aren't just born brave one day. They act their way out. They act their way out. So, I am is two of the greatest words ever. We know that's even what the Father called Himself. And um, what we say after them will define our future. I started with the word in the beginning, like reframing your thoughts, using the miracle in your mouth for your benefit. And I want to end with us doing that today. So picking up the resources you have, gratitude, write gratitude. Guys, in a spiral notebook, do you know there's 25 lines in a spiral notebook? I learned this when I started my thousand gratitudes. And I would write 25 at a time, not at one time. I'd take it with me. And sometimes during that season, it was hard. I was like, really, Lord? I don't know if i got a whole lot to be grateful for. And he said, Put it out there. Move your heart to find gratitude and watch me show you. It would be, sometimes I'd be like in a, you know, park waiting on my kids and I'd have the smell of fresh mowed grass. I was like, thank you for the smell. of. I like that smell. It became a memoir. You guys write out gratitudes. If you want a miracle in your morning, start your day in the Word. Write out three gratitudes. Pray and meditate. Move your body for five minutes and declare over your life. And it will change any circumstance in any situation. Guaranteed. So, we are going to practice this. I want everybody to stand to their feet. One of the things that is, this, that is really cool, um, if... Uh, when, you, when I've studied the brain is there's a production effect in the body when we stand and speak the word our brain remembers it more isn't that interesting how God does things serotonin is actually built in the gut ladies I didn't even tap on one of my big steps I do talk to people about is how to wave off anxiety and depression by what we eat what foods produce um, or mood-boosting foods. I didn't talk about that today. But start drinking water. If you do anything else, drink more water. Um, water, because the brain is made a lot of water, 
you have more clarity. Guys, more clarity gives you more ability to see the truth in your circumstance and situation. We are walking around in a brain fog. And if you got hormones, Lord, we've even got a double dose, right? So we walk around in a brain fog and we need clarity. And um, so <clears throat> I'm going to share with you guys some things. I'm going to speak over some things over you as we wrap up. And um, I just thank you guys so much for the time with you guys today. I believe in my heart of hearts, women are coming to a place where they're like, you know what, I want to be real. I don't, I'm tired of this mask. I'm tired of not feeling like I can be who I am. And you know what, God's calling women into some of the greatest opportunities where they can be vulnerable and real. They can share the truth of their story. Someone is waiting for you to share yours. Someone's desperate for your breakthrough because it's going to be theirs. Your story, no matter what, matters. Write down. I have a lot of people do this. Remember I said at the beginning of that chapter, I said, I will share my story no matter how hard or scared I am. You guys, I was bankrupt when I wrote that out. I had no money. Literally, I was wondering how I was going to... I remember, you know, there's pretty humbling when you can put a picture, go to fill your car up. And every time I'd fill my car up, I'd be like, thank you that I've got gas today. I thank you. You know what? I still do that. When I was putting it in, I was like, I thank you for favor with the Hearst car rental guy. <laughs> right? I'm putting gas in. And I remember, I remember... I remember wondering if I could put gas in the car. God's got so much more. We have latched onto this much. So today, I want to encourage you ladies, today to begin again. I want you to just hear these words, and then I'm going to have you repeat some, but just listen to this. Close your eyes. Today, I begin again. Today, God, I walk forward to my future. I'm confident and connected. I am resourceful. I am willing. Come on, ladies. I am loved. I am enough. I am worthy. I am forgiven. I am forgiveness. Father, I am chosen. I am free. I am abundant. I'm a child of God. I'm a leader. Ladies, I am joy. Does someone in here struggle with joy? Does someone in here struggle with joy? Be honest. My husband's in the back room. He can say she struggles with joy sometimes. I am joy, God. I exude joy. I find joy. I am brave. I am courageous. I am brave. I'm an image bearer. I'm a woman of influence. I am my highest self. I am who he says I am. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm divinely strengthened. Supremely appointed. I'm created for such a time as this. And I'm ready to receive all that God has for me in the name of Jesus. Ladies, put your hands together.
Yes. Yes, Father. Father. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word that says, I don't have to just do, do, attain, keep going, work, work, work. Just because she loves me, I will rescue her. I will protect her because she acknowledges my name. Ladies, say, speak the name of Jesus. Jesus. Just say Jesus out loud. Jesus. That's all he asks. He says, just acknowledge my name and I will rescue and protect you. Father, I thank you that you are working all things for our good. I thank you that we have everything that we need for life and godliness. I thank you that our word is working in our mouth. I thank you there's a miracle in our mouth. Lord, I thank you that we bully our thoughts. I thank you that we come into agreement with your word. I thank you that you have given us everything for life and godliness. I thank you that your word promises abundance. I thank you that I have abundance in my relationships. Lord, I thank you for restoring and rekindling our faith. Lord, I thank you that because we are reconciled to you, somebody needs this word. Because we are reconciled to you, we are reconciled to that relationship. We long to be restored. I thank you that you're restoring relationships in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for new businesses. I thank you for new ministries. I thank you for new books. I thank you for songs. I thank you for ideas. I thank you for gifts, skills, and talents that you've bestowed and imprinted on the inside of us. I thank you for that dream. Lord, we call it forth like Lazarus. We thank you that you're raising that dream up. And speaking it back to life. Yes. Father, we love you. We honor you. I thank you for every woman here. God, rise her up. Like David, Lord, we encourage ourselves in your word today. We thank you that you declare who we are. You claim and affirm what God's word says about us. I thank you, Father, that we are receiving everything that you have already laid out for us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Ladies, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, my website is Kathy Smalley, S-M-A-L-L-E-Y.com. There are free downloads of affirmations, the ones I read to you today. I actually have business affirmations on there, marriage affirmations. I'm uploading for women. Are there any single ladies in the house? Anybody? Okay, yeah, single ladies. So affirmations in there for if you desire a godly husband. Guys, um, obviously I'm remarried. I set such strong intention. I listen to my thoughts about that. Quit listening to all these people that say there's no godly men out there. Make a decision for your own children. Maybe you have children and grandchildren you want godly spouses for. Pull the affirmations and speak those for them. Um, and then, uh, obviously, my book is in the back if you want to purchase the book, um, 31 Days to Brave. This book, we're actually going to be starting 31B groups across the country in churches for women to do the book together because you do an action step each day. And some of it's scary. Um, you know, when I first got single, I'd never even flown on a plane by myself. And I was scared to death of flying. And um, I thought, you know what? No. I'm not going to stay trapped in the four walls. I was afraid of flying, but I was more afraid of never going anywhere. So each day um, has an action step of the things that I did to move me out of fear. 
or pain of my past and set me back financially, one of the things that I said out loud was, I thank you that I will be financially stable and secure before you bring a man into my life. That was important to me. I didn't want to make the wrong decision because I was financially in trouble. And God, I started two businesses that year that he took to multiple six figures within three years. I didn't know anything about real estate. Nothing. No license. Nothing. I had a dream in my heart and I heard from the Lord and I got up and moved. And that's all it was. So thank you for having me.